Can Wave You, the podcast that tries to explain fictional worlds using science. I'm Simon. And I'm Jeff. Jeff. Simon. Are you ready to podcast? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, can we do it on motorcycles, though? Oh, I forgot there was that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I totally forgot that there was an arc where they do it on... They just... Why does that yeah, arc exist? Card games on motorcycles. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing that exists. <laughs> yeah, you know how when you used to go out... So that's, this is something that actually used to happen to me. Because I used to go on like family trips with all my siblings. And we used to uh-huh. we used to try and play card games. Not, not, not Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic. But like mm-hmm. counting card games. In, uh, in our car. And let me tell you. It is... <laughs> nearly impossible to do that Mm -hmm. i I have done it once i played euchre one time in a car but it made me so motion sickness it was definitely not worth it (laughs) i feel like if you were to play Yu-Gi-Oh on the back of a motorcycle that would be the worst thing because imagine if your like 60 dollar car blew away in the wind (laughs) (laughs) or your entire deck and then you lose. Full of $60 cards. Yeah, and then you can't draw, and you yeah. lose. Yeah, there you go. Aw, oh, man. You just got... You decked yourself, man. You decked yourself. <laughs> the trick is to super glue one card down to the bottom. That's that's the trick. And then you can't draw it, and the game never ends. And that's a tie. Or you get the upper no forfeit. Why didn't I never mm-hmm, think of that? Mm-hmm. Just, like, out... Right? Yeah, so I would like to say outwit, outplay, outlast. Yeah, out, yeah, that's the trick to Yu-Gi-Oh. Exactly. I so we're doing Yu-Gi-Oh this week, everybody. We are doing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever had? Have you watched this anime? I'm assuming you have because you knew the I the motorcycle. Because I'm what? Because you knew the motorcycle. Oh no, part. I just know the meme. Oh. Um, I've watched a couple of episodes. Uh, okay. I've watched your brother play a game of it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds uh, like that sounds like my brother. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, I've played the video game like once. Okay, the video games aren't bad. Um, I mean they're not great in any way. <laughs> I, they're 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 the zenith of mediocre games. Is how I would describe them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a video game that is just playing a card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've really <laughs> taken you've taken the fun out of video games, but you've replaced <laughs> it with something that's not that bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're doing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a brief description of what the plot, uh, we're we're sticking to the anime, not the not the card game. And I don't know which came first. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I assume the card game. It sounds like... Maybe it was the idea of the card game, but they needed to make, like, a manga and anime to convince people to buy the card game. I mean, maybe. Actually, it seems like... I don't... Yeah, that seems completely reasonable. Like, <laughs> we just did Transformers, and those are pretty much just made to sell toys. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're actually doing a lot of cartoons recently. Maybe we should 
Nah, it's fine. We'll keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> lean into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll lean into it. They're fun. They they have very little exposition and a lot of lore that we do not understand. Anyway, so right. Yu-Gi-Oh! starts off with a kid who's the son of an uh, Egyptologist. Is that mm-hmm. what they're called? Sure, that's what they're called now. Yeah, an uh, uh, archaeologist that studies Egypt. And... Who, who since then has retired and opened a game store in, I believe, like Tokyo? Someplace. I don't know. It's some... Uh, maybe it's a fictional city. I don't know. I mm-hmm. haven't watched the anime since I was a little boy. Um, and even then I didn't watch it because it didn't have cable. Uh, <laughs> you just thought about it longingly every now and then? Uh, no, I, I, was a- I think I was able to get it on like the CW or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to watch it when I was with my best friend who did have cable. Okay. The main character is a guy named Yugi. He is named Yugi. Uh, uh-huh. And he is a freshman in high school. And he finds this artifact that his grandfather found or his father found in Egypt that's like a puzzle box. It takes mm-hmm. him eight years. He solves the puzzle box. And the puzzle box, like... And you say eight years or 80 years? <laughs> eight. Eight Okay. <laughs> this 80-year-old <laughs> freshman in high school. He's, he got held back a couple of times. <laughs> he was just real distracted by that puzzle box, real you know? Dis- yeah, yeah. He just played it all day long. This is why you should, <laughs> you should never bring puzzle boxes to school. Right. Uh, Let this be a lesson to you. Yeah, children. So, so uh, he unlocks a puzzle box. It, like, releases this soul thing of an ancient pharaoh mm-hmm. that is, like, really good at, really good at card games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, so uh, when he does it, when he does that, uh, he, like, brings all this heat onto him. Because people want to steal his the, the artifact from him because it's part of this like collection of seven artifacts that are all like mystically powered, and so mm-hmm. there's like two main protagonists. One's called Maximilian Pegasus, who's like this wealthy, white-haired guy who has one of these artifacts, and the other one is Sato Kaiba, who is probably the coolest anime character to ever exist because he is just a normal dude. Uh, except that he's okay. really wealthy and very smart. And he just wants to take so over the world. he's Batman. Yeah, he's essentially evil. That's actually a really good description of Seto Kaiba, <laughs> is that he's just evil Batman. Uh, or I would say not not evil, but neutral Batman. He's he's like a neutral evil Batman. Okay, okay. And that's really what it's just. They played card games. Every single time a card game, uh, you will lose the card game. Uh-huh. Uh, unless you're like playing with friends and it's like, what's the word? No stakes, low stakes game. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing happens. Like maybe you'll lose a card, maybe you'll lose some money. Who knows? If you're playing okay. in like the real world, I put the real world in quotations because who knows what that means. I think you die if you lose. <laughs> But in the American right. in the American show, they didn't want um, they didn't want people to be like 
They didn't want kids murdered like, because yeah, they're they, bad yeah. at card games. Yeah, they didn't want people to be murdered, so they just banished them to the Shadow Realm, which is a place of like perpetual torment. Cool. That sounds way better than dying. Yep, uh, that's like one of the critiques people have had of the American series is they're like, if you try to make the series more lighthearted by not killing people, why would you torture them forever? <laughs> that sounds way yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's so he just it's just about this guy Yugi. He fights against you know evil people and tries to like uncover he fights the... against by playing card games against them. Exactly, and he tries to like. You know, uncover the background to his own past. Uh, he, so I, I guess I don't know if I mentioned this. Oh, I did mention this that he is he is possessed by a spirit of an ancient pharaoh. I did mention that, correct? Uh, no, I don't think you did. Okay, so he he can sometimes summon the spirit of an ancient pharaoh that's really good at part card games. Okay. Uh, and and what's he called? Uh, his name is. Also, Yugi? No, that's not it. Wait, I have it. I have it in my Or is notes. it Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, he's, he's not Yugi, Yugi is called Yugi, and the Pharaoh is called Yu-Gi-Oh. He is not called Yu-Gi-Oh. He is called, like, um, Ahmet? Ahmet, I believe, is what it is. Alright, I'll take your word for it. Because he's a he's an Egyptian guy. He's not Japanese. Yugi is apparently right, a Japanese right. name. Mm-hmm. Much like Tristan and Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I I this this show is like the craziest translation I think ever to mm-hmm. exist. It makes no sense. It, I mean, do they just try to like match up mouth shape with a noise? You would, you would think that, but I like we know how I mentioned that the shadow realm doesn't exist in the Japanese version. They just die in the Japanese version. Right. So they had to like animate over animation to make that work <laughs> so like so yeah because they had to make the whole shadow realm they did and like they have to like so there's a part we'll get into later on uh that are called are they shadow discs they are dark energy discs in the american version they're dark energy discs and those things send people to mm-hmm. the shadow realm in the japanese version they're just buzz saws they just cut off people's legs <laughs> So All right. They had to like actively like animate the Shadow Realm. So I feel like maybe they were just trying to like Americanize it. But why would you choose the t- like the names <laughs> Tristan and Joey for an anime while keeping your main right. character named Yugi? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. And their and the other woman's name is May. I mean, like Kaiba isn't even like an American name. Mm-hmm. Or Sa- Seto. Oh, this is just. I feel like they didn't really they 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 half they well what's the word half butted uh, there you go there you go they half butted the the conversion between the Japanese and the American versions of the show or they just had like two localizers and one just phoned it in <laughs> yeah yeah one one was in charge. One was in charge of making it so that people wouldn't die during the anime, and the other one was in charge of names. <laughs> right, and he was out one day, so the other guy renamed two characters Tristan and Joey. <laughs> he was like, uh, what are American names? Uh, Tristan <laughs> <What>? and Joey? 
I think his name is Tristan. Wait, that is correct, right? I have no idea. Now I'm like, now I'm second guessing all of my notes. I believe his name is Tristan. <laughs> uh huh. I know the woman's name is May because you have to have a female character in every anime. Right. The love interest. The love, but she's not. That's that is interesting about the show is that I believe May is not an, a love interest. She just has oh, okay. very few parts. Oh, all right. I don't know. There's a bunch of mentions of this guy named Merrick. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's uh, been one of the later seasons. Yep. Yep. Oh, sorry. His name is Tristan Taylor. Which. All right. Yep. yep. And the guy's <laughs> other name is Joey Wheeler. They really chose American names. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to start off with the uh, with the kind of like deep base lore of this game, which mm-hmm. is uh, is that there's seven Millennium items. Okay. So, uh, the seven Millennium items. <laughs> I know I sound like I'm exhausted. I am because it's only because you are. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's seven Millennium items. They uh, they're all like Egyptian themed. They mm-hmm. only know one Egyptian symbol, so they all have the eye of uh, <laughs> eye of Ra on them. Right. Is that? I think that's what the symbol is called. So uh, these were created after a uh, Egypt was like under attack, and the pharaoh needed like superpowers to beat back the attack, but it mm-hmm. like eventually summoned a god. Uh, really, there's like a so so in doing so. And that I have eliminated because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. In doing so, he created these uh, Millennium items. The first one that's kind of like the, the big one in the game, as I mentioned, is this thing called the... Uh, it's the puzzle box that, that Hugi solves mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it has a couple of weird... So So it has... It has the ability to contain the souls of people. All right. And the ability to give them the like to to be really good at Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> like, is it the puzzle box that gives them the ability to be good at one card game, or do they just happen to be good at card games and they're captured by the? Like their soul is captured by the puzzle box. Uh, okay. I, I, it's it gives them the ability to be good at specifically Yu-Gi-Oh. <clears throat> okay. Uh, which is actually called dual monsters in the in the anime, not Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want people to be like, well, you know, it's not called Yu-Gi-Oh in the anime. <laughs> it's just named after this one eighty-year-old high school <laughs> freshman. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, after you fail freshman year <laughs> so many times, you're bound to make a name for yourself eventually. Right. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, uh... The, the guy... So, so what happens is, after you solve the puzzle box, okay? Uh-huh. The, the, you get, you get possessed by the... Sp- soul that's in the puzzle box that's a guy who's just really good at games. He's really good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. 
Uh, so I really could like do a cool monsters. prize for winning a puzzle box. It does because it's he's described as like evil and sadistic. I think like cool. he's not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's going around murdering all these people or banishing them to the shadow realm, depending on what localization you're watching. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> So, so here's the question: What is the puzzle box? How does it work? And, and can we maybe like explain how the Millennium items work in general? Because they, the things that need to be kind of filled in is why does it take an entire city of of people dying to create them? <laughs> okay. And uh, where do the powers that each of these Millennium items come from? Yeah, I guess the my first question would be, is there, like, a through line in those powers? Or, like, are they all similar powers? Do they all need a city worth of people dying to create it? So, so it's, uh, the conversion rate is one city for seven Millennium Items. Uh, okay. Yeah. A lot of them have to do with souls. Um, so like sealing souls or looking into souls or like possessing souls or, uh, there's one called the millennium scale, which weighs out a person's heart. It's the Anubis scale. Um, uh-huh. and it, and it just tells you how evil you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's one that says that it allows the wielder to redecorate in quotations, the Ooh. soul to make anyone their puppet. Uh, huh. All right. That's not. What I wasn't expecting when he said redecorate. <laughs> yeah, no. I, <laughs> that went a very different place. Uh, there's a different one called the Millennium Rod, which is like mind control. There's one that allows you to see into the past and the future. Uh, that's the one that's... This is one that allows person... Yeah, look to a certain person's soul. Yeah, so that's kind of what they are. A lot of them has to do with like soul. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Energy. So I guess, do we have to, I guess here, here's the, I think where we should start off and where we start Mm -hmm. off normally when we deal with soul based magic. Right. What is a soul in this? Like, what is it referring to? Yeah. Um, I think this, since it's just these items that are largely affected or affect souls rather, Mm -hmm. except for one that can see backward and forward (laughs) through time. Yeah. So, in this world, would souls have some sort of interaction with time and space, like, more directly than other things? Okay, yeah. I, okay. I like it. I, I, I have, I have a, uh, an idea. Mm-hmm. Going off the idea that, like, human... Uh, actions are just biology based so it's just kind of like the the pre-encoding like like all all mm-hmm. human civilization there's no such thing as like like free will doesn't matter it's just the interplay between uh, different coding to recode and uncode mm-hmm. things so that like if you knew everyone's like mindscape at the very mm-hmm. beginning of time and then you could, like, draw lines of causality out to everything else. 
So that's what I am thinking is that by soul, they just mean a person's mind. Like a person's, okay. yeah, personality. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, and so that's why, so like there, there's one that like, like backtracks just through time, through, uh, uh, uh like it's, it's own calculations mm-hmm. of, of where things should end up. Um, and then there's one that's like, you know, like the, the read mind minds one is just, it takes the snapshot at that time of where everyone's minds should be. Mm-hmm. And then let's say like the puzzle box is just, I don't know how to explain the, I know like, so it, it probably just contains the like code from that like the, person. Yeah. The mind slash like, yeah, the code of the one person who is in it. I don't know how it takes over the wearer's brain. And that's the thing that's different is that some of them <clears throat> like the uh, the Millennium Key that allows you to mm-hmm. enter a person's brain or uh, the Millennium Pendant, which is the puzzle box, um, allows you to like, it, it, it takes you over. I don't know how those work. So uh, how do we think that those ones, if, if, if it is your brain that it's referring to Mm -hmm. how is it i think then with what you said the the key lets you like go into someone's mind or soul or what have you that's the redecorate one you put some drapes yeah so i can see that then be like you just uh like tinker with its current states like you pull a couple levers and the states are different so that it has to listen to what you say so here's my question Uh uh-huh do we think that the i will i will refer to it as the millennium necklace which is the past and future seeing one okay it does that compensate for the usage of the other six millennium artifacts so does it uh i guess that would have to depend on like is it used to look into the future of a card game and then like, <laughs> oh, well, Yugi's going to lose this one, but then he wins anyway. Like, do we know if that ever happens? Huh. You know what? I don't, I don't know. Because uh... I can, like, if these items were all created at the same time, I can see them being connected to each other like being able to communicate like oh i'm being used so this is the differences that may occur yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking too was that they had to be somehow connected um but i i didn't know like quantum entanglement you think it's quantum entanglement i mean that works totally fine for me too yeah i was gonna say something along the lines of that they're just really they're just raid radios but Quantum I mean, entanglement works too. If it wasn't for quantum entanglement, that probably would have been my explanation too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying if we if it was like 1950 and we were doing this podcast, uh... <laughs> right? <laughs> you know those 1950 podcasts? Yeah. Uh, I think they're called radio shows. <laughs> I think they're called radio shows. <laughs> you're saying if 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 both of us were Casey Kasem because I don't know any other radio person from that era. Okay. Wait, is Casey Kasem from the 50s, or is he from later? I don't know. First, we're going to look this up, and then we're going to... (laughs) Continue the podcast. Continue the podcast. Sorry. Right. Casey Kasem is born in 1932. So, yeah. Uh, 
that could be when he was doing stuff in the 50s. I, I think he was definitely active. I mean, it's fuck. Yeah, it's 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 Casey Kasem, guys. So right. here's here's the thing. Also, Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy. I'm sorry. All right. I gotta get. Sure. I gotta get off this. Do you know who Casey Casey Kasem is? The voice of Shaggy. Okay, you have no idea who Casey Kasem is. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like he has got like the most amazing radio voice ever mm-hmm. to exist. It sounds like. It it doesn't sound like a human being. It's weird. <laughs> no, I like I know the voice. Yeah, like the like, I I wouldn't be able I'm to describe Casey it Casey. well. I it's or almost baby imitate it. It's almost babyish is the way I would describe it as being. Mm. Uh so yeah. What was Sorry, I got distracted. See, this is why, Jeff, this is why we can't have conversations before <laughs> the podcast. Because like, you're primed to just Google stuff that we talk about. Um, I also drink consistently through our conversations. So. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how you have to get through them, too. Yeah, it's just, just talking to you is so rough. I hate it so much. I know. I know. If there's anyone who knows that, it's me. <sighs> God. <laughs> um, me, and, me and Jeff are friends. This isn't. One of the, <laughs> I feel like a lot of times with this podcast, we. Uh, make, so, welcome to the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we make jokes about the fact that we don't like each other. We do. We, we're, we're completely right. fine with each other. Uh, where were we? Uh, we were talking about Casey Kasem. So we were talking about Casey Kasem. Uh, we were talking about the... Okay, so they're all uh, quantumly entangled. Because obviously Casey right. Kasem, radio, quantumly entangled. Right. That was the that was the, <laughs> the thread a... <laughs> of logic that brought us there. Yes. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. I like that they're all communicating. Um, so how do, they, how do we think that they do like the... Um, how do they, we think that they affect people? So like ability to read minds or the ability to take over minds. Ability to, mm-hmm. to redecorate um, vines. You're about to say, and then. Um, yeah, no, I was just gonna kind of talk in circles until you came up with an idea. Um, but yeah, so they uh, interact with that, like, causality sort of like we were saying earlier, right? Is that kind of what we're still going on? Wait, wait, so, wait. So like wait, they wait. can get. So you mean that. I keep on knocking my pop filter. Um, so you, <laughs> That's what it's there for. I, isn't it? Uh, it's really there so that I don't put my mouth over the mic while I'm talking. Right. Um, do So you mean that like the, the way that they affect people is the quantum entanglement that they have with other people? I don't mm, necessarily know that well maybe though with being able to affect and like overwrite other people maybe there's some way to like entangle with other minds somehow i, I mean, don't know i mean you can do it you have to interact with the with the mind right like, that's how entanglement works right is that it's kind of like the, the boundary between the quantum world and the and the uh macro world yeah weird <laughs> They gotta stop knocking mm-hmm. my mic. <laughs> I just so this is what I was so 
let's let's put quantum entanglement aside. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say radio, or not radio, but like electromagnetic spectrum waves. Mm-hmm. That's redundant, but um. <laughs> Just being real thorough. (laughs) Just being real, just making sure you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) What if, what if the, the communication between the, all of them together, um, Mm -hmm. also can affect the electromagnetism within someone's brain. So I'm talking like real high energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the issue I have with that that is occurring to me that I've never really considered is that if you bombard a human brain with really high energy, you know, EM waves, mm-hmm. it a uh, uh, human skull will reflect it. Right. Uh, huh. So... Um, what if all of the what if all of the uh it's really good audio right there yep <laughs> i'm trying to think okay let's go back to the quantum entanglement okay quantum entanglement's back on the table yeah put it put push your quantum entanglement cat back on right uh it's there what if they're all big big magnets <laughs> <laughs> okay like like really big magnets and then they can adjust people's uh like the electrical signals in people's brains i think the issue is though uh do they have any other uh properties of magnets (laughs) jeff that was the exact thing i was hoping you would never ask (laughs) no they don't have any of the other properties of magnets. Oh, well, then they're just true monopole magnets that act entirely differently than other magnets, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they're, just, they're like magnets, <laughs> but they're not magnets. And that's it. That's all we can come up with. <laughs> oh, man. My brain. Um, God, brain stuff is so tough. What, it, yeah. what about... What about this? Or I can see them being like entangled with each other, but then also going back to the what exactly did you describe it? Electromagnetic frequency waves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're also antenna that can affect other people's minds. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, the the waves go in through the mouth. <laughs> waves go in through the mouth. <laughs> And as we all know, there is no, there is, well, they would have to go in through the spinal cord. I have an idea, and I think you'll like this. Okay. What about pheromones? What if, like, every human in this world Mm -hmm. can be mind-controlled by pheromones? I do like that as an explanation, yeah. I actually have an idea. So... Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Finally cooked one up. Yeah, it took Percolated me. it up to the top. Took a while. Yeah, that's what I'm here for to distract everyone until you get the idea. <laughs> There's a that's not true, Jeff. You 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 come up with solid and very good garbage ideas that get yeah. them out. Well, You're I mean, right. like I would, I don't think I would describe any of our ideas as quality. Uh, <laughs> Fair, I'll give you that. 
But you also come up with very good puns. The cheese cursor Every for now and then. is still a great pun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my idea. Mm-hmm. So there have been studies that have got been done to see if, like, a human emotion is communicable. Um, an animal emotion okay. is communicable. I actually don't remember the results of the human ones that I'm thinking about. I do remember the ones for snakes. Um, and, and snakes can communicate fear. Even if, like, so, like, even if there isn't a snake present, if there was a snake present that had an overwhelming sense of fear, other snakes will have similar, uh, like, physical... Was this a big study or no? It was not a big study. Yeah. But, like... like... Have you been listening to the Magnus Archives? Because I was listening to them, and this is an episode that happened... I don't think well, it was a long the, time ago, but I, I recently was, listened to it. I don't think it was the Magnus Archives. I think I was looking up. It was a YouTube video about why snakes move as fast as they do. Oh, because of the internal concertine motion, where they wiggle inside their skin, and it's terrifying and awesome. Yeah, but that, but like, there's like a an issue where like a snake under fear can move faster than it's supposed. Like it can overcome the the kinetic. And dynamic friction. Oh, okay. Hmm. And so, and they were looking at reasons why that might be, and they were, they found that you could induce fear in a snake mm-hmm. uh, by having a, another snake be afraid. Like snakes have, like, they release like a, a pheromone that mm-hmm. can induce. So, I what I'm wondering is maybe one of the reasons why it takes so many people mm-hmm. to generate these things is essentially you've made like you've made like uh uh what's the name of that the food that's made out of people uh i guess spoiler alert uh soylent green yeah that's it uh (laughs) i mean (laughs) not really a spoiler alert it that reference has existed for decades Uh, yeah that's true uh, so, so it's like the soylent green of pheromones. Like, they have to, like, digest the, the different humans to get enough of the, like, generation of chemical to affect people. This are, like, these are the artifacts that are digesting the... But, I mean, the making like, of the artifacts. The artifacts contain oh, okay. these chemicals. Okay, I see, I see. And so that's what's controlling the person's... The mood and things like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's why they need to use a city full of people to have uh, essentially limitless supply of these pheromones. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So how's that as an explanation? I can accept it, not knowing exactly how, like, the, the artifacts, like, rewire or redecorate the soul. (laughs) But I can I can buy that as a tentative explanation. Okay, um, and maybe they do it. Maybe they do it like in concert with, mm-hmm. uh, like electromagnetic waves to kind of rewire. Um, yeah, where it like it primes you to then be compelled to do a thing. Yes, 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 yes. Like mm-hmm. like maybe maybe the um, the pheromones like loosen you up. And then mm-hmm. the electromagnetic spectrum gives you this specific task. 
Right. And and yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, boy, I've, I'm pretty drunk right now. This is <laughs> kind of rough. I um, wasn't expecting that. I think I was expecting like, man, boy, it took us a while to get here. It did. It is. It is 39 <laughs> minutes into the episode. <laughs> I was. I keep on sitting there, being like, you know, are we gonna have enough to talk about? And then I'm like, every no. time, yeah, <laughs> every time we have too much to talk about. So yeah, I guess I'm not gonna bother with the fusing of monsters um, because I don't understand it. Oh, I do actually. <laughs> well, that's just the card game, isn't it? Like, that's not an actual physical thing that's happening. That's just <sighs> like programming associated with the card game you silly little boy you thought that this was just a card game oh no i've made a grave mistake that's right you get murdered when you lose yeah there is so there's such a thing so this is like the part of the issue is so this goes along with the millennium scale is that there's an, an innate good and evil to everyone so there's your your spirit energy Okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's called your ba. Okay? Okay. That is split into two things, two halves. It's good mm-hmm. and evil, and that's called your ka. Now, your ka is represented, if you have a very strong ka, by a monster. Okay. And those are the original monsters that make up the card game. All right. So the 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 real, <laughs> these monsters exist. They're cause, and the issue is like, how does an objective good and evil work? Yeah, no, that's uh, leads me into, and I don't like to use this explanation. Uh, maybe it's just uh, dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know what? I think I think that 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 works for this uh, that explanation. <laughs> like, yeah the the issue with that, like you were saying, you hit the nail on the head with an objective good and evil. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> me and me and Jeff are both relativists. <laughs> uh, I I agree. I don't think I think an objective good and evil. I think. But, okay, I, mean, I, ha- I can see like for whoever made these artifacts or whatever it culture that they came. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have like the Millennium uh, items, right? Done. Uh, do we want to explain the Shadow Realm? Which I, I it, uh, it does exist. <laughs> that was a lot of noises. It was. It it does exist in the uh, Japanese anime. Uh, okay. But it's not as widely used as it is in the American anime, because as we've explained before, it's the way that the American anime explains that somebody dies, is that they just go to the Shadow Realm. They're banished to the Shadow mm-hmm. Realm. So, there are some things about the Shadow Realm that are a little weird. It, it, it is a place that you can go. Of perpetual torment. Of perpetual torment. You can play Yu-Gi-Oh! there. Ah, oh, cool. At least you get... Do you, like, double die, then? So here's the thing. Pretty much, yeah. Because you get 
banished to the Shadower Realm? Every every card you play in the Shadow Realm costs energy <clears throat> for, for you to summon it. Okay. There's also some issues where there's a card called the Soul Prison card. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh card that can send people to the Shadow Realm. Okay. And... You just, like, beat the game then? If they're not there anymore? Well, I don't think you can... No one has used it in a... Uh, Because of all the ethical concerns. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, (laughs) I think people have... I mean... I'm confused. You're right. I think it can only be used after you win. It's it's Oh, yeah. okay. It's like a way Oh, so if you don't want to murder a person, then you can banish them to the Shadow Realm. Uh if you don't want, yes. Yes. That's that's a yes. And then in the American version, it can be used just to torment the loved ones of the person who you're stealing the soul of. Cool. Uh yeah, which is a very cool Thing for a children's program to have right and then there's also as i mentioned before the dark energy disc which sends you to the shadow realm uh unless you're in japan in which case just buzz saws and cut your legs off <laughs> so what is the shadow realm and uh why does summoning monsters require energy um Well, this has to tie into what you were saying before, right? With, like, the Ba and Ka or whatever. So that that may, that may, yeah. If we think that, like, Ba, but we've already kind of decided that souls are, like, just the biology of people. Right. Uh, Do we think, Hmm. do we think that the Shadow Realm is just, like, the, um... So you know how people who have, like, near-death experiences or like uh oh this is the tunnel that you're in yeah well i was gonna say it's the it's the the chemicals that your body releases when you're about to die Mm -hmm. and your body's just like hallucinate (laughs) (laughs) uh i actually don't know if there's a scientific basis for that i thought there was I'm not sure if there is. I feel, again, like there would be some ethics concerns in doing that research. I mean, there, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, there is like serotonin syndrome, mm-hmm. which is kind of similar, but in the opposite way. Like you hallucinate, mm-hmm. but you also feel like you're going to die. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, So this would just be, well, dang, how do you tie it into... The card game actually affecting it, yeah. though. Maybe it's not a real card game. Maybe. If you die in the card game, you die in real life. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe it's the Matrix. Maybe this is all just the Matrix. Maybe we live in the Matrix. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Jeff, can you prove that Could we be. don't live in the Matrix? Uh, you know what? I don't think I can. I do not think I can disprove that. How boring would that movie have been if someone was just like... Dude, it's the Matrix. Nah, that's dumb. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like this whole world is pre-programmed. The dude's like, yeah, so who cares? Like, it's not. It doesn't affect my life. I live in the moment, dude. <laughs> right. Shadow Realm. I I, I like right. I like the idea that it's like a a pre-death hallucination. Does that make sense? And maybe that's it. Like, if you 
play Yu-Gi-Oh, like, you just wholly dedicate your life to it. Like, you are super into Yu-Gi-Oh. There's no way to be a a casual. Uh, A casual. And, yeah, and so it's not that when you lose, you are murdered. It's when you lose, like, your physiology and your body is just so tied into your mental state that Yu-Gi-Oh is all there is. So you die. I hate this. That's the only explanation. It's uh, sure, <laughs> sure. That's that's what it is. I mean, I am wholly willing to listen to new ideas. I I know. I wish I could come up with something better but, than that. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't. I I like the idea that it's just like people just <laughs> reel into Yu Gi Oh. It's not. It's nothing <laughs> about the game Dual Monsters. It's just that Dual Monsters people just really like. They're really yeah. into it. It's like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Is like, is there a way that you could like connect, like someone's life force to the game? But I can't. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's that just your your sympathetic nervous system just shuts down. Your you start breathing, mm-hmm. your heart stops beating, you die. Yeah. What if it's like, okay, wait, what if it's like this? So, there has okay. to be a reason why, like, the, the cash... There are casuals okay, in, the, okay. in the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe. And do they die when they lose? No, that's the crazy thing. It's because they're not that into the game. Just, not, but that's okay. But You're just proving my point. The main characters also don't die when they lose to casuals. So what I'm thinking is that they have to go... Do you, You've watched the show, right? Nah, I mean, maybe a couple of episodes. Like, you know, like, the big podiums that they stand at? Okay, yeah. What if the big podiums are, like, as they are... As they lose life energy, it, like, pumps... It it sucks the oxygen out from around them or something like that. Or, like, pumps a... uh, Okay. And so, like, you're... if you're, If you're playing the game the way it's meant to be played, you're taking in poison... As you play it. Okay, I can see that. And so only when you... That's that's what causes you to lose the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that that's... A little bit more realistic than people just being so invested. I, like... I don't disagree with that. I do have to question the ethics of the world that this exists in. Oh, okay. If that is the, the state of the world. We're like... Just everyone accepts that if you lose this card game in, like, competition level, that we're going to gas you to death. Um, yes. I think, at least ethically and morally, I'm more into people being just way too into the game. But that's the thing, is that's why people are way into the game. They want to raise the stakes. They want... They they need that high, man. They need that. That that's the the only rush that makes them feel alive now. Yeah, yeah. Is is Yu Gi Oh. Right. Is playing Yu Gi Oh. And knowing that they might be, be murdered if they lose it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So it's just is a world of thrill seekers and people who enable them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like our real life. <laughs> uh huh. 
I mean, have you ever seen the stock market, man? I call that unethical. <laughs> someone's gonna win, someone's gonna lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's a horrible world where they killed children. Yep. And and so how do we think the the so the bond ka how do we think that that relates to because you were drawing that kind of that that line beforehand. Yeah, remind me what I was saying because I forgot. So you were drawing the line between Ba and Ka and the Shadow Realm. Because the Ba and the Ka so the Ba is like your like spirit energy and the Ka is the split in your spirit energy between good and evil. Oh, okay. ka, oh, is that it? So, like, the Ka is just, like, the dividing line? It's not so much the dividing, but it's, like, the monster that's created if you have a strong enough bot. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Man, how do those interact with the world? Like... So, you're, they're, they're actual monsters. They exist. They do stuff. So, like, if you remember Obelisk, the, the Tormentor... Okay, for sake of argument, let's say I do. Uh, he is an actual creature that existed in the world. Okay. He is the Ka, like the card which you summon when you play the card, is the Ka of the Ba of the the humanoid creature, Oblis the Tormentor. Okay. And, like, that came from, like, a person who was once extant. Yes, the person is Oblis the Tormentor. Oh, okay. So, like, they just become the monster? Kind of, like, yeah. if your Ka gets too powerful... Then you become a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yes, or like you have the possibility of being sealed away in a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay, was it this culture, like the whatever civilization Egypt? made all the Millennium artifacts? Yes. Did like sealed away the original cards? Uh yes. So like the 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 Ka like. Specifically, the cards that are based around Ka, there's three that can only be used by, like, certain a certain person. Pharaohs can only use oh. those cards because they're, like, the Pharaoh's servants. Okay. But a lot of the cards are reflective of other Ka's that exist in the world. And they are banned from tournament play if you're not a Pharaoh? They just don't... Uh, you know, that's unclear. They, they just don't work... I think. Okay, yeah, like, I guess that's the question. Like, where's the delineation between so, uh, this is the card game and, like, the metaphysical world that invented the card I game, I guess? I wish I could answer that. I wish I looked it up. I couldn't <laughs> find anything. <laughs> as far as I know, like, the actual card game is just holographic monsters. But there's, like, okay. a layer of the card game where it was played when it was played in ancient Egypt, that was like actual monsters that that the current okay. modern card game is fashioned after. So the the, the and was this like Yugi's like granddad that discovered that? No, no. So Maybe it's just bad at his job <laughs> and like mistranslated it. No, so so uh, Yugi Moto, whatever the. The sadistic evil guys, Yugi, evil evil Yugi, because I don't remember his actual name, evil Yugi's, okay. uh, his culture, the reason he's so good at the card game is because he played it with real monsters and real stakes back in Egypt. Okay, 
Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 card, the modern card, doesn't. I don't think has anything to do with the actual monster. It's just modeled after him. But there is an actual monster card that contains the monster. Is there an actual monster card that contains the monster, oh. or is it the evil? yugi pharaoh that tells good yugi that there is one uh, i mean i'm saying maybe this person is just a crazy person sealed in like the puzzle like box maybe there's just maybe it's not even the puzzle box has nothing to do with yugi it's just multiple <laughs> maybe yugi is like, just a, yugi is a crazy person yeah he just has dissociative personalities uh yeah i think it is i, I think there's an actual monster Okay. That is related to the card. It's not just you. Okay. Because of that, like, Pharaoh connection. Mm hmm. With a couple of the cards. A couple of cards can only be summoned, or the monsters can only be controlled by certain cards, certain people. It's very confusing. I'm just saying that there has to yeah, be. Yeah, no, I and I feel, again, at that point, it's like, where's the delineation? Like, is it they're in the shadow realm where they can use the actual monster cards or can you like i believe top deck an actual monster to attack your opponent i would like is just little timmy sitting there playing for the first time like learning at the back of a card shop i i it's it, it it the cards actually have counterparts to them that are actual monsters okay they are the original monsters to the... So so there was a time, mm-hmm. there was a time when this game was played with actual monsters. Right. It did exist. Yes, I'm trying to figure out how we can link it back to what we've discussed earlier then. Like with the Millennium Artifacts, I think is just what we got. Yeah. Oh. A lot of conversation out of, but I don't know how we can relate them. Let me just eat this cookie real quick, and then because I'm hungry, <laughs> we've been podcasting for a long time. That's fair. Um, ha- uh, yep, good podcasting noises again, Simon. You nailed it. So is there anything else that we can relate it do to? Me, it's. Do you want me hmm. to be like this? This is, this is my podcasting voice. It's very soft and gentle. I mean, I'm not asking for ASMR. I just don't want you to, like, make wet mouth noises into the microphone. Uh, what if... (laughs) Sorry, listener, we've been recording for a long time. This is a hard episode. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute, and we... yeah. Um, what if we do something along the lines of... The monsters are people who are just too into the game. Well, we have... so (laughs) We have a basis for, like, mind copies of people. Okay, yep. With the the Illuminati seven things. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Millennium seven items. Uh, (laughs) um, Tomato, tomato, (laughs) Illuminati, millennium. What if... The cards are the, like, mind copies of the creatures. And it's only Mm -hmm. creatures that have distinct enough characteristics that they bothered making cards of. Or maybe it was, like, 
they're making a copy of a person's ka and there's like a transcription error or like an overflow error that (laughs) turned it into these monsters and like this is cool guys we're gonna save this one so it's like because i can see that as like the outlier like if you have a powerful ka because like the overflow in or it caused an overflow error which turned it into a monster and so what do we think like a powerful a power sorry i think you misspoke i think you meant ba if you have a powerful ba oh sure whichever i don't know so so what do you think it is like like do you think it's just like it's just too much ba it's just too much information in your brain yeah so so really these monsters are yeah just, that's it <laughs> they're just complicated people that's all they are they're just, they're just yeah complicated that's all mm-hmm. I, i'm fine with that i think that's and that's why it gets like akin to like an objective good and objective evil is like just where that overflow error ended up oh no i actually i like this i like this here we go i have an idea okay okay so we're thinking objective good, objective evil. It has to be something that follows a logical progression. I would mm-hmm. say most people don't have objective goods and objective evils because they contradict each other. Like they contradict their own ideals, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not. This is this is not me preaching about <laughs> good and evil. Right. I, 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 and that's what makes people people. It's, it's hypocrisy. Almost. Right, but then there are the people who do actually have an ideal of an objective good and an objective evil. And they stick to it. Like, that. they, they, right. they are the most... And they're the ones who make these monsters. It's op- I like that. Well, I was going to say that the ones... They are the monsters. They're like, lawful evil, lawful good, lawful neutral monsters are the ones okay, that are created. Okay. Because their logical... Their moral logic fits into... Mm-hmm essentially a computer like a coding system yeah 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 where they always can be it's it's replicatable and that's why mm-hmm. these are the ones who get made into monsters right i like that okay i do too was that it did we do it i'm gonna say pretty much yeah we haven't All right. we haven't explained the soul prison cards yeah. but uh it's fine that's for part two that's sure well, a little cliffhanger to wet your whistle listener yeah, we'll explain one single card in our part two. Uh, well, I mean, for how long it took us to do the any one point in this episode. Fair. Fair. It's a very long episode. Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. That was our that was our Yu-Gi-Oh! episode. I feel like we kind of end abruptly. Uh, yeah. I don't... It's kind of hard to, like, smooth transition to an outro, like... Okay, we solved a thing. What's next? Mm, nothing. That's all, that's all I had. <laughs> that's all the research I did in the 30 minutes prior to this episode. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's a hard segue to go from solving an answer smoothly into farewell. It is. I agree. But we did it anyway, man. Smooth, in, smooth out for right there. <laughs> Every improv artist knows that you have to finish chewing your cookies before you talk. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you just have to, like, end it at the peak. Like, don't let the rest of the show go downhill. Yeah. Just call it. Yeah, nobody, Cut your losses. Nobody likes the, the journey home. 
We want you to end <laughs> Trials and Tribulations. That's where we want you to end the hero's journey. It's good. It's a hero's head <laughs> semicircle. That's all we care about. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Were we going to do the actual outro uh, was... and call to action, or were we just going to philosophize more like we actually always do? I, I'm fine. I'm fine with this, the actual outro. Okay. Uh... So then what do we got? Go to YouTube. <laughs> maybe we're there. Yeah, maybe we're there. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends about it. Yeah. Physically take their phone and like and subscribe our podcast on their phone. And if they and if they remove us from their phone, I want you to take their phone back. Stop being friends. Oh, I was going to say smash their phone. But also, I mean, you can still be friends with them because that's how you get into their brain, man. <laughs> I want you to take their phone and I want you to crush it in your hand while looking them dead in the eye and say, you have bad taste in podcasting-ers. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, what else? Go to our website, pedantichandwavium.com. Give us show suggestions. Or pedantichhw if you're really lazy. Does that still exist? That must uh, still exist. Yep, we got both of those because we're really lazy. <laughs> Because we don't like typing in our own URL. <laughs> uh, what else? Thanks to Joe Sobchak. They're a fellow who makes music for our podcast. And also probably other music. Yeah. I don't have anything of theirs to link to yet. Yeah, who knows? Yep. He's an, an ambiguous fellow. I think that, do you think you hit it all? Oh, we're on Twitter, too. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. I did that one time and then gave it away because I... And bad at social media. I am also bad at social media, but I am willing to give it a try. Nobody likes me on social media, but I still use... <laughs> I use the Twitter that we generated so that I can keep track of the people that I care about. That's pretty much what we use our Twitter for right now. <laughs> Alright, I like that. Uh, but we do, we do release, like, we do announce our new podcasts, which are bi-weekly anyway. Um... And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll post, I think, funny things. I don't think anyone else thinks my humor is funny, which is why I have Jeff on the show. <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel, and I was the only one there. Uh, that's not true. You were my second choice. <laughs> I mean, I wanted... So, oh, thanks. I'm, I'm real glad I was that high on the, the list. The reason you were my second choice is because you're not a woman. I wanted a woman co-host... The woman I had as the first yeah. choice was not available, so it was you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I can always be your second choice. You're welcome. I mean, <laughs> become a beautiful woman and you'll you'll rise to my first choice. I mean, maybe one day. Who knows? I don't know. A lot of time left in this world. There is. And I'm not, I'm not one to, to make judgments about your gender or sexuality, man. Right? Neither am I. <laughs> I mean, you should you should probably. <laughs> if anyone should be allowed to be able to make judgments about your gender and sexuality, it should be you. <laughs> Just saying, don't I? Unless you have like such an ambiguous gender and sexuality that no one can make right. any judgment that you don't even know what you are. But in knowing that. You kind of know what your gender and sexuality is, is that it's, it's ambiguous. And with that in mind, live your best life, listener. Yeah. We love you.